0: Once again, good morning. So here we are. We find ourselves at the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And if we think about that for just a minute, we, in a way to me, it seems like this year, 2022, has just begun. It really does. But reality sets in, and I realize that today starts the 47th week of 2022. And before we know it, 2022 will be behind us, and we'll find ourselves wondering, where did it go? Where did it go? And if we're not especially careful, here's another thing that will happen. We will become so very busy over the next few weeks, especially between now and the end of the year, that we won't even stop to realize all of the things that the Lord has blessed us with. We we get so very busy. A few years ago, I read a statement that said something like this. What if we woke up this morning and the only things that we had left were those things that we gave the Lord thanks for yesterday? Would our lives look differently? What if we woke up this morning and the only material things the only physical things that we had left were those very things that we gave the Lord thanks for yesterday. Would our lives look different? And I, I will have to say, many times my life would look drastically different. Because, you know, there's a temptation, especially as Americans, to think, you know, I, I did that. I, I worked for that. What I have is a result of my effort. And can I tell you, that's a line directly from our enemy, Satan. I want to remind you this morning what Scripture tells us in the book of James, chapter 1. Scripture says, don't be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change i had a good friend that reminded me just a few days ago that so often as long as things are working well we're not always thankful and i you know that that really grabbed my attention And i'm going to give you just a couple of examples just to drive that point home You know, when we get in our vehicles and we either turn the key or we push the button, we expect that the vehicles go crank, don't we? We're probably not that thankful that it cranks, that everything that needs to work together to cause that vehicle to crank, we're probably not thankful in that moment that everything has worked and that the vehicle actually cranked. When it gets our attention is when we turn that key or we push that button and the vehicle does not crank. And then if we are not really careful, we find ourselves angry because something has not worked instead of being thankful for all the times that it has. I wonder, as as we think about the earth that we live on, do we stop to give thanks for the air that is available for us to breathe, that in general, doesn't make us sick when we breathe it? Or do we take that for granted? And I tell you, a lot of times I take it for granted. I don't necessarily wake up every morning and thank the Lord for the air that He has provided for me to breathe or the lungs that work within my body that allows that to happen. So often I can find myself, even though I love thanksgiving, I truly love Thanksgiving. This is my favorite time of the year, but so often I find myself in the trap of not truly being thankful for what the Lord has blessed me with. And I wonder if I'm alone this morning or if perhaps you sometimes fall into that trap also. But I want to tell you, I've got good news for you this morning. If you don't continually... Find yourself in an attitude of gratitude, that can all change today. It truly can. I hope that today, by the end of this sermon, that we realize that we have so very much to be thankful for. And I hope that we will be able to see, just as the scripture that is on the screen right now, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and it comes directly from God. This morning, we're going to be in First Thessalonians chapter five, verses sixteen through eighteen. And if I was preparing for this particular message, I'll have to say I don't think that I have ever preached a text this short. I don't think I have. I honestly tried to make it more. I wanted to. I thought there is no way that a sermon is going to be able to be based on these three verses. And then I found out, yeah. What the Lord said first, 16 through 18, that's exactly what he meant. These three verses are so very rich. And he simply tells us in these three verses, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. And then he tells us why we're supposed to do these things. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So as we begin to look at these verses, I want to be sure that we notice in verse 16 that not only are we supposed to rejoice, we are supposed to rejoice always, always. And you know, maybe you hear that this morning and you find yourself thinking, how is that possible How is it even possible to rejoice always? Maybe you're here this morning and you find yourself going through a situation in your life that you didn't necessarily sign up for. Maybe you find yourself going through something in your life right now that is horrible, that you would have never chosen to put on your to-do list. I want to do that. It would have never appeared there. And you might even be asking yourself the question, how, how can I rejoice always? Well, I think it's important when we look at Paul, when he wrote this, he said always for a reason. He didn't accidentally write the word always there. It was intentional. And we were going to see this morning through this sermon that the only way, the only way that we can do what's listed in these three verses as instructions to us this morning, the only way that we can do those things is if, if Christ has transformed our heart. And then we start to look through a different lens. We don't necessarily look at the individual situation but we begin to look through the lens of eternity we know what's coming and we know that what's coming for us as believers in Jesus Christ as followers of Jesus Christ is way greater than anything that we might endure and that's good news i want you to know this morning that the joy that we experience in Christ, it does not necessarily depend upon our circumstances. Again, we need to look through the lens of eternity. I also want to remind you that as we look through the New Testament so very often, and, and I want to challenge you sometime between now and next Sunday, look through the New Testament so many times. When you find joy listed, it's also, it's also accompanied by some type of sorrow or some type of suffering. Again, Paul is reminding us this morning that we are supposed to rejoice always. And again, I just want to pose the question, how can we rejoice in times when we don't feel like rejoicing? And if we're being honest, we live in a sinful world. There are times that we deal with stuff that it, we might find it difficult to rejoice. But I want to encourage us this morning from God's Word, from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Listen to what God's Word says here. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light, momentary affliction. Look what it's doing. It's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory that's beyond all comparison. It's it's better even than our minds can even begin to imagine. It's beyond all comparison. And in verse 18, as we look not to the things that are seen, not, not to those things that our eyes can see. But instead, we're supposed to look to those things that are unseen. Those things that our eyes cannot necessarily see right now. And then we see for the things that we are able to see with our eyes, those things are transient. But the things that are unseen, those are the things that are eternal. And as Christians... We've got to remember that we've got a part in that joy that's described in our text today. We've got to make the choice that we are going to rejoice always. And again, the way that we can do that is to focus through the lens of eternity on what our eyes can't necessarily see right now and instead of focusing on those things that our eyes do see. And then we're supposed to pray without ceasing. We are supposed to pray without ceasing. And I wonder, do we do that? Do we do that? I think it's important as we hear that this morning that we realize that this is not the first time that Paul has written instructions like this romans twelve twelve rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Do you see the similarities between those two passages of scripture? They sound very similar, don 't they? So he tells us in first thessalonians um, verse 17 of chapter 5, to pray without ceasing. And then in Romans twelve twelve he tells us to be constant in prayer. So how do we do that? How how, how do we pray without ceasing? Hey, have you ever thought about that? Now, I think we've got to realize that he's talking about probably something different than many of us think about them when we just read the instructions to pray without ceasing. First of all, he is instructing us. We should always pray in accordance with God's will. And I don't don't know about you, but I wonder, have you ever been to the place in your prayer life where your prayers sound more like a want list than, Lord, here am I. Use me however you want to use me. Do with me whatever you want to do. Send me wherever you want to go. Or do our prayers sound like, please give me this, please give me this, please give me that. Now, he, does he wants us to ask him for things. Because remember, just a few minutes ago, we talked about the scripture that told us where all of our gifts come from. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. He wants us to ask him for, that, for those things, but at the same time, our prayers should not sound like a constant want list of things that we want. We should be praying in accordance with God's will. Now, I think it's important when we think about what Paul has given us instructions for in this particular text. He is not necessarily talking about a prayer that never ends. But he is talking about being in a constant attitude of prayer. And there's a difference in those two things. I wonder, have you ever found yourself falling into the trap of thinking something like this? I wonder if God even hears my prayers. Have you ever thought that? I wonder if God even hears my prayers? Well, let me answer that for you. Yes, He absolutely hears them. Yes, 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 He hears your prayers. He hears every word. He even knows the thoughts that are running through our minds before we pray. But you know, so often, again, we focus on the things, through our human nature, we focus on the things that our eyes can see. And then we fail to realize that God is looking from a different vantage point. He sees things that our eyes cannot see. And so sometimes the answer to our prayers are, are yes. Sometimes the answers to our prayers are no. And you know, sometimes it's a hard pill for us to swallow, but sometimes the things that we pray for, we don't need. God can see that we can't a lot of times. So sometimes he answers those prayers, no. And then sometimes he answers those prayers, not right now. But again, we should always be praying in accordance with God's will. Paul expected Christians to pray, and it's something that he did routinely. He Routinely documented in his letters that he was praying for people. Let me, go quickly to chapter one, verses two and three. As he starts this particular letter, he says, "We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers." See so that's that. He goes back again to praying without ceasing, remembering before, God and, before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to be sure that we don't miss something that Paul has given us an example of in the, in the scripture that's on the screen right now. He says we give thanks to God always for all of you. I just want to make a point here, so stick with me. That includes that co-worker at work that's not nice to you. It does. The person that grates your nerves absolutely in the wrong direction. That includes everybody. Paul is saying he gives thanks to God always for all of you. Remember Paul's letters to the churches. That he writes, remember I have preached through one of his books already. I'm preaching through another book right now. This is not a part of that series. But again, Paul has written this. Some of Paul's letters are written expressly for the purpose of addressing things that have gone wrong within the churches. Keeping that in mind, he's given thanks for even the people that were not following his instructions here. He is giving thanks to God for people who have caused him problems. We should do the same thing. You know, on my own, on your own, none, none of us can individually change a person. But you know who can? Christ. And when Christ transforms the heart, that's when things happen. That's when revival will occur throughout churches all over this land is when Christ transforms the hearts and lives of people, and it starts with Prayer. It starts with prayer. We give thanks to God always for all of you, even the people that you find it hard to necessarily get along with at work. Pray for them anyway. Remember that Christ is who can change them. Remember, Paul was a very busy person. He was a missionary. Now, when Paul tells us in this verse to pray without ceasing. I want to be sure that you get this before we move on to the final part of our text this morning. He's not, again, he is not saying, start the prayer, dear Lord, and don't say amen until the day he calls you home. That is not what he's saying. He is saying to be in a constant attitude of being in God's presence. You know, our prayers are talking to Jesus, talking to God, and you know, while we're talking about just the concept of this constant attitude of being in God's presence, I want I want to ask a question: Can we entertain sin and be in God's presence at the same time? Can we entertain sin and be in God's presence at the same time? I'm going to tell you something this morning. If we find ourselves entertaining sin, it's not very likely that we're praying without ceasing. I want to encourage you in those times when you find yourselves tempted. Whatever your temptation is, you know it. Satan knows your temptation. And that's where he's going to push the buttons in your life to try to get you to make a bad decision. But I want to encourage you, when you feel Satan pushing those buttons... To try to get you to willfully walk into sin, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Come into God's presence. Come into God's presence instead of walking through the door to sin. And then in verse 18, we see that we're supposed to give thanks in all circumstances. We are supposed to give thanks in all circumstances. And I want to be sure that we realize here that that Paul, again, he is not telling them to do anything that he's not already doing. Remember when we talked about the first few verses of chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians, he is giving thanks there. For all of them. He is setting the example that we are supposed to truly give thanks in all circumstances. So how how can we do that? How can we do it? You know, the age that I have grown to be, I, I've observed some things. And can I tell you, we live in a country. Even though that there are many, many, many problems in the country that we live in, can I still tell you that we are so blessed when you compare the situations that we have with virtually anywhere else in the world. We are blessed people, and yet we take so much for granted. If you don't believe me, and you've never been on an international mission trip, I want to encourage you to go. Because what you are likely to see are people who have next to nothing, yet they are so very thankful for the very, very, very few things that they do have. The last time I was in, Zom- in Zimbabwe, I saw one child's toy. One. The entire two weeks I was there, one child's toy it was made out of a clothes hanger a clothes hanger and a soup can that somebody had welded wheels on and you know what the wheels were the top of soup cans they scooted that thing along they, it was it was like something that would have been worth thousands of dollars here in the minds of americans most of us would have looked at that and said, that's nothing. Look what we have. But it causes you to realize that although they have hardly anything, they are so very thankful for what they do have. And guess what? They, they do give thanks in all circumstances. I see it there. I do. I don't necessarily see a lot of that in our country. I wonder, do you? I want to encourage us this morning, let's set the example. Let's set the example to all of those who are watching us, and let me tell you, the world is watching us. Never think that that person that you work with or that you come in contact with at the grocery store or the gas station that's not a believer, please don't ever fall into the trap of thinking they're not watching me. They are. They're watching us. They're watching us to see how we react when things don't go According to the way we have planned. Do we keep our eyes on Jesus? Do we rejoice always? Do we pray without ceasing? Do we give thanks in all circumstances? I want to encourage us. Let's let the world see that. Let's set the example. Let's show them how we can rejoice always. How we pray without ceasing. And how we give thanks in all circumstances. And I want to be sure That we don't miss the last few words of this passage. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's what the expectation is. That is what the expectation is. That as believers, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ... That we rejoice always, that we pray without ceasing, that we give thanks in all circumstances. And can I tell you, I want to be sure, just I don't want anybody to leave here confused this morning. I want to point out that this does not say to give thanks for all circumstances. There is a big difference, church. There is a big difference in giving thanks in all circumstances and giving thanks for all circumstances. God's word's not telling us to be thankful for all circumstances, but it's saying in whatever situation you find yourself in, whether or not you signed up for it or not, you can give thanks in that, not necessarily for that. And there is a big difference. And again, this is, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. So as we look at closing this morning, you still might be wondering, how can I do these things? How can I do this? Maybe you're thinking, my work's hard. You don't know. You know, I hear what you're saying, Brother Todd, but you don't know what I deal with day in and day out. You don't know what I deal with from that co-worker at work. Maybe maybe some of you are thinking right now, you don't know what I deal with at home. And I don't. You are exactly right, but I can tell you who does know. And he's the one who has the answer. And I want you to know that the only way that we can do these three things that are on the screen right now, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all circumstances, the only way that this is possible, I said it at the beginning, I'm going to say it again now, is if Christ has transformed her heart. Apart from that, we can't do it. We cannot do those things continually. Unless Christ has transformed our heart. Once we start to focus on Christ and the cross and the tremendous sacrifice that He made for us on the cross, again, we start looking through a different lens at that point. And we realize, just like the one passage of Scripture that I had on the screen earlier, we realize that. We're going to focus on the cross. We're going to focus on what Christ has done for us. We're going to focus on the fact that even if I have to go through things on earth that I don't understand, that don't seem fair to me, I'm going to focus on my relationship with Jesus Christ and what He has done for me on the cross and what I know is coming to me after this life on earth is over. Then we truly can rejoice always. We truly can pray without ceasing, and we truly can give thanks in all circumstances because we know that this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for me and for you. I want to ask us this morning, are we thankful? And I want to tell you real quick, as I do every time that I preach, maybe you're here this morning, and you've realized, you know what? I have thought for years That I was a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm just not sure if I am ready to stand before Him face to face right now. If my life were to end. Can I tell you life is going to end for somebody today. I don't know that it's going to end for anybody here today. But at the same time I don't know that it's not going to end for somebody that's here today. And I wonder if it were you today. Are you prepared to meet your God? Are you prepared to stand before Him Face to face. If the answer is I hope so. That's not a really good answer. Christ wants you to know. His word tells us. That he wants us to know. Whether or not we have a relationship with him. So here's how you have a relationship with Jesus. First of all you've got to admit. That you're a sinner. That there are things in your life that do not please the Lord. You've got to be willing to tell the Lord you're sorry for those things and to ask Him to forgive our sins. We've got to be the B that we, we teach people in Bible school. Little kids in Bible school, we teach them the ABCs of Christianity. I've just gone over A. The B is to believe that Jesus is God's Son, that He did everything that the Bible says that he did, that he came into our earth the exact way that we're going to start preaching next week throughout the book of Luke as we begin to focus on the coming, the birth of Jesus Christ. We've got to believe that that happened, that he was born of a virgin, that his father was the Holy Spirit, that he was born in lowly circumstances he had an earthly ministry. And all of his days on earth, it contained absolutely no sin. He never sinned at all. He is the only person who has been above sin. We've got to believe that. And then we've got to believe that he loved us so much that he was willing to die on that old rugged cross for us. He physically died. They took his body off of that cross. They buried him. But he didn't stay dead. On the third day he arose, and that's why we celebrate Easter. We've got to believe those things. So I wonder, have you done that this morning? And can I tell you, if you hadn't, there will be no finer day than today to make the most important decision of your life. And to the church, one more time, I want to just encourage us as believers. Let's set the example to the world that is watching us. Let's rejoice always, even when things don't go our way. Let's rejoice always. Let's pray without ceasing all the time. Especially in those times when we don't understand. May those things drive us to our knees in prayer. Let's set the example. And let's truly give thanks in all circumstances. Realizing that this is indeed the will of God in Christ Jesus for me and for you. Would you pray, pray with me please? Father, thank you so much for your word. Father, thank you so much for these three verses of Scripture. Thank you for allowing us to realize that we truly can rejoice, even when the world might not necessarily tell us to rejoice. I pray that we will set the example of rejoicing anyway, of rejoicing always. Father, I pray that when things occur in our daily lives that we don't understand, that might not even seem fair to us. Father, I pray that those things will drive us to our knees in prayer. Father, I pray that we will pray in the good times. I pray that we will pray in the bad times. And I pray that we will pray on every day in between those two places. I pray that we will pray so aggressively and we will see a great revival a great awakening begin throughout your churches father i pray that we will truly be people who are thankful what i pray that we will be thankful in all circumstances what i pray that the the world that is watching us what i pray that they will see that as believers we are thankful people father i pray Now that you will be with people who have heard this message today, whether or not they're sitting here in the sanctuary or they are hearing it or watching it through technology of some form that don't know you as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that this will be the day that the gospel will just penetrate their hearts. What I pray that there will be salvation occur today. What I pray that that you will be forever Glorified. Father, may we keep our eyes upon you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.